Because a lot of times people who are biking and walking make less money, they have less time, they have fewer connections to the city government. And so we're trying to facilitate those discussions and making the city aware that people deserve better. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast, conversations about creating a culture of activity. My name is John Zimmerman. I'm the founder of the Active Towns Initiative and your host during this podcast journey. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's always wonderful to have you along for the ride. Today is March 12th, 2021. And in this week's episode, I'm excited to share this conversation I recently had with Austin Taylor. Austin works as a transportation planner focusing on active transportation and transportation demand management, also known as TDM, for Park City, Utah. And he's recently been appointed the volunteer executive director of the nonprofit Bike Walk Provo. He also serves as a board member for the Utah chapter of CNU, the Congress for the New Urbanism. We discuss the current status of walking and biking in Provo, as well as the progress the city has made and how the community is rallying to address their street safety challenges and concerns. But first, before we get started on those discussions, please allow me a moment to recognize that this episode is being brought to you by the generous contributions of our donors, sponsors, and monthly patrons on our Patreon page. Thank you all so very much for your amazing support. And if you too would like to help support and promote Active Towns, please head over to my website at activetowns.org and click on that blue donate button in the top right corner of the page. For your convenience, I've included the links in the show notes and on the landing page for this episode. One final thing before we push off, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to and rate the Active Towns podcast on your preferred listening platform. Thanks. Okay, time to get this chat with Austin Taylor rolling. Austin, it's so wonderful to connect with you here today. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast. Thanks, John. First of all, thank you so much for taking time to chat. I know it's been a busy evening for you as well. You just uh, had a board meeting. Uh, To get us started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, I live in Provo, Utah. I've been here since 2012. I moved here for college to go to BYU. And originally I was studying music performance. I was really big into playing drums. So I was studying drum set, timpani, marimba, all that stuff. Um, while I was at college, I got involved in a community bike co-op, you know, where people donate bikes, fix them up, sell them, give them to people in need. And I eventually started running that place and it was, it was the best job. It was the most fun that I've had. And from that, I got interested in city planning and, and urban design as well. So I, I didn't end up studying, studying that in college. I ended up graduating with just the quickest thing I could graduate with and that was Latin American studies but nonprofit management on the side and I've been volunteering for Bike Walk Provo for five years and that that's the organization that I'm the executive director of right now it's an all-volunteer organization so we all do it nights and weekends after we're done with work and you know we advocate for safe streets for people to walk and bike and and our city government has been responding pretty well lately, which is exciting. Cool. That's awesome. That's great. I've, I have some similar history to uh, volunteering for various uh, advocacy organizations. Uh, so what's your day job then? 
I work for Park City Municipal Government. It's a small town in Utah. It's a resort town. There's only about 6,000 residents, but it's a huge tourist economy. And there's two of the nation's biggest and most popular ski resorts there. And uh, I'm an active transportation planner for the city. And it's, it's one of the best uh, transportation planning jobs in Utah, I think, because the city really prioritizes pedestrians first and has its own transit system that's free for everybody. Every bus route is free and the, the headways are usually pretty good as well. It's a good place to work. Yeah, no, it's uh, one of my favorite active towns. I've actually been there several times and profiled uh, Park City. In fact, the last time I was there was just after uh, Bike Share had been launched. Is that uh, Bike Share system still going? Yeah, so Park City had the country's first all-electric bike share. And it's, it's actually spread throughout a small area of the county. The Park City municipal boundaries are pretty small, but the, the bike trails that lead to the city go pretty far out into the county. And so there are, there are bike share stations in some kind of low-density areas on the outskirts of town even. Yeah, yeah. I've got some beautiful photography uh, and and video from you know some of the oh gosh some of the separated pathways that uh, kind of go through the valley uh, past some of the beautiful old uh, farms that are in that area. Just really, really gorgeous. So that's that's great. So you've got uh, a little bit of both uh, from your your day job. You're 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 doing this, and then you come home and you get to advocate for uh, safer streets in Provo. Yeah, it's what I love. And so I do it for work, but also for volunteer, you know. Fantastic. Uh, how about a little bit of history for uh, Bike Walk Provo? Uh, how long has the organization been around? What's sort of the, uh, the, the story of the org? The organization, it was, it was started at least 10 years ago. And at that point, it was called the Provo Bicycle Committee. So it was comprised of people from the city government and resident activists. Um, so it, it's existed for a long time. Since then, it's evolved a bit. Um, it's no longer part of the city government. We have separated and we've uh, become a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We've also expanded our mission. It, originally, it was just the Provo Bicycle Committee and it just focused on bikes. But in Provo, biking makes up about 3% of the mode share, but walking makes up Last time I checked, it was 15%. It's a, it's a big college town, and there's a lot of residential density next to the university. And so the primary way that students get to campus is by walking. So we wanted to represent those people as well. Yeah. So it's called Bike Walk Provo now. And like I said, it's a nonprofit organization. And I would say that we have we have a few hundred people that casually follow us and help out. And the core volunteers, you know, maybe 20, 20 to 50 people that are that are really putting in time and helping out. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, you answered one of my questions, which was, uh, you know, sort of how, you know, the, that zeitgeist was there in Provo since it is a university town. And and typically what we see in university towns is that the the number of people walking and biking are, are much, much higher than, than a city otherwise. And so it sounds like you definitely have that vitality, especially on the, on the pedestrian side. Yeah. Well, and on the bike side too, I mean, 
3% is over three times the national average, right? Yep. So that doesn't, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the most in Utah and it's high for the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that just recently Provo received the silver status, a silver award from the uh, League of American Bicyclists for a bicycle friendly community. Yeah, that's right. We've been working jointly with the city on that for a while. We applied for it in, um, in the fall and, um, I will let a little secret out. We already had silver level status, like it was two years ago or something, but we, um, we reapplied and we recertified as silver. We were shooting for gold. We didn't make it, but we, we still wanted to make a big statement about it. And so we issued a joint press release with the mayor's office at Provo city and got some good publicity for them on that and hope that next time we apply that we can actually get that gold status. Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously getting gold status and, and platinum for that matter is getting increasingly more difficult as time goes by, just because it's really a bit of a moving target in the sense that now, you know, even compared to like five years ago, we know so much more uh, about what it takes to create a truly uh, safe and inviting all ages and abilities network that gets more and more people out riding, you know, getting us past that, you know, 3% mode share that you guys have, you know, how do you double that? How do you triple that? How do you quadruple that? Well, the only way that's going to happen is if it's truly safe and inviting for everyone. So it's, uh, and that's where we see, you know, that protected infrastructure. And I did notice in the press release or the article that I saw in the, the, the Herald that there was, uh, you do have at least the start of some protected bikeways coming in. Yeah. Provo has, has had separated pathways for quite a while. Actually, we have a beautiful river trail that connects our Canyon, which is a big recreational area with Utah Lake. And throughout, it follows the river, which cuts through town. So people use it for fun, but they also use it to get around. And then also on, um, on most of our high-speed arterial roads, there are usually separated pathways. Not all of them, right? There's a ton of room to improve, but one of our bigger ones, like University Avenue, has that. And then as far as protected bike lanes... I believe it was in 2019 that the city built its first protected bike lane that was on a street formerly called Bulldog Boulevard, now called Cougar Boulevard. And that was the third protected bike lane in the state of Utah. It spans one mile, I believe. Fantastic. And I'm assuming that must be close to the university if it's called Cougar. Yeah. Yeah. It it leads to the campus. um, it, it's actually a half mile. I'm sorry. It's like one mile if you take both of the lanes combined. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. That's cool. So what would you say is, is really holding Provo back uh, when it comes to walking and biking? We, we talk about this quite a bit and there are a lot of things. There are a lot of shortfalls, but the biggest one that comes to mind is the vision that the city has the city doesn't know in which direction it wants to go because it's, it's speaking out of two sides of its mouth. Sometimes it's saying we want to be a city that's safe to walk and bike in. And we are listening to our residents in that. And the city does follow through on its active transportation plan. 
you know, sidewalks get widened, bike lanes get put in, crosswalks get put in. But at the same time, the city also sees itself as a place to drive through and a place to drive out of. And so we had to fight a big proposal to widen a three-lane road into a five-lane road that would have also led to a freeway interchange and funneled a ton of traffic in and out of town. Thankfully, we got that knocked off the transportation master plan. We created a big stink about it. But the city comes up with that kind of stuff all the time, too. It's always threatening to widen streets, and everyone knows that just encourages more driving makes it harder for people to walk across those streets and it raises speeds as well. So I noticed that the, at least on the bicycle side, the bike master plan is a little bit outdated. It's 2013, but I see that the city just recently did a transportation master plan this past year in, in 2020. Uh, is, is there any indication whether they're looking at, you know, revisiting the bike plan and or creating a combined bike pedestrian plan to you know try to get to that next level no and we've asked that we've asked because because we went from a very specific bicycle master plan that said on this street we will have this type of facility from here to here and if you read through the active transportation section of the transportation master plan it says these are the routes that it should that that people will probably walk and bike on, but it doesn't specify what type of facility, doesn't specify the cost of that. And so, you know, it leaves that in ambiguity, which could be a good thing if you have a progressive and creative uh, public works department engineering, but it could also be a really bad thing because they could implement the lowest quality stuff, the bare minimum that doesn't change the game at all. And so we're actually at a crossroads right now. So this, this city, our last engineering director has retired. And so the city is seeking out a new engineering director and the job posting hasn't gone live yet, but we've been told it'll go live at any moment. And so we've asked to be on the committee to evaluate the candidates we were told no on that, but we're going to post it in all of the urbanist places and try to recruit someone that will be good for Provo. When we return after this brief pause in the action, Austin addresses how Bike Walk Provo helps to speak up for the community. We talk about some of the encouraging support they have within city leadership. And we do a bit of compare and contrast of the historical street space layouts and designs between Salt Lake City and Provo. But before we roll into those topics, please allow me a moment for a quick request. If you're enjoying the Active Towns podcast, please consider sharing it within your network. Word of mouth is the absolute best way to grow the audience and provide additional momentum to the culture of activity movement. Okay, that's all for this short intermission. Let's get our conversation with Austin Taylor back up to speed. It sounds like there is a growing number of people who are in the community who are becoming engaged and aware of these types of things. 
Is that a correct assumption or a correct take? Yeah, I would say so. I, I would I would say that people have been walking and biking here for a very long time, but there hasn't been as organized a voice as there has been since Bike Walk Provo has been organized. And here's a lot of times people who are biking and walking make less money, they have less time, they have fewer connections to the city government. And so we're trying to facilitate those discussions and making the city aware that people deserve better. Yeah. Does it seem like you have a, you know, some champions at high levels, whether uh, within city leadership, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how your structure is. I know that there's a mayor. I'm not sure if it's a strong mayor or a weak mayor system, city council members and, and all that, as well as leadership within the, the administration. We do. We especially have a lot of support in the city council. Okay. So our board chair of Bike Walk Provo is on the city council, which is great. And then we have another city council member who, when a um, bus rapid transit line went in, he pledged to ride that to all of his city meetings, and he did. And then afterwards, he, he bought an e-bike, and he's ridden that to basically everything that he goes to. So he's, a, he's an ally for sure. And then in the city staff... We've long been in odds with the engineering department as they've wanted to expand roadways, increase the level of service, get people to drive faster through areas. But there have been some changes in the personnel and um, there have been two new engineers that have been hired in the past two, three months who are very much aware of how important it is to design streets that are safe to bike and walk on and, and slow speeds too. And so we've been really impressed with those two engineers. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds like uh, the future is definitely uh, going to be a little bit brighter than than uh, what some of your challenges were in the past. One of the other things that uh, sort of clued me in that you're you're getting a, a great deal of community engagement was uh, was really two things. One, the uh, you know the the photo that I saw in uh, in the article in that press release, uh, you know that was in the Herald was of uh Aaron Farms with her urban arrow and her kids in in the uh the cargo bike there and that just brought a smile to my face and then immediately after that I also saw that you guys had sold out on your uh, screening of the motherload the mm-hmm. the documentary talk a little bit about that because that's that's a big part of it is when you can get that level of interest in utilitarian cycling which is much much different than just recreational cycling yep so for people who aren't aware of the mother load, it's a film about moms who take their kids around on a bike. And usually it's a cargo bike and it Provo prides itself in being a family oriented place. And if you look at our median age, it's extremely low for the United States. Most, most people are very young here, either they're college students or They are families with a lot of children. And so that puts our median age really low. So with that, there's a lot of moms who have children who need to take those children around. And that can be a barrier to walking and biking. So when we put out this notice that, hey, we're going to be screen, we're going to be screening this movie, The Mother Load, and you can watch it with us. We sold out of tickets twice. So we first had 50 tickets and then sold out and then we put put us up to a hundred tickets and actually we didn't sell out at a hundred. We got like 60 or 70 people there, but 
we had a ton of interest from moms who want to ride cargo bikes. And afterward, actually, the week after, we did a cargo bike roundup where everybody in Provo who has a cargo bike was invited to come to our local bike collective, show off their bike, let people test ride them. We had at least 30 people show up and I think seven or eight different cargo bikes, which was, which is cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it really is a, a fantastic uh, movie directed by Liz Canning and we'll make sure that I have uh, the, the links to the, the movie in the show notes and on the landing page for this episode. It's definitely worth uh, seeing if you haven't had a chance to catch that one yet. And uh, yes, it is mother load and it really is about moms, but you know what? It's, it's about parents too. It's about anybody who has a love for being able to have that freedom, getting some fresh air in your face and, and getting out there. It really is about the joy of the ride too, as well as it, it gets into the challenges to be able to, to try to live that kind of lifestyle. So it's good stuff. Yeah. So is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you you think that we really need to know about Bike Walk Provo and, uh, and, and the challenges that you're facing? Um, I would say if there are any local listeners in the Provo, Utah area, we are reorganizing and we are creating a bunch of new volunteer positions. So depending on your, your skills and how much time you're able to commit, we have a position for you and we want to help you get involved and feel um, like you're contributing to the community. So head over to our website, bikeprovo.org and um, and you'll find that. Fantastic. Well, we we have uh, done a a podcast episode uh, based out of uh, Salt Lake City before. So um, I'm hoping we do have some audience uh, out there listening uh, from the Provo area. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you hail in the, the Provo area, make sure that uh, you reach out and get engaged and get involved. And speaking of that, um, one of the things that has always been so interesting and fascinating to me about the way that uh, Salt Lake City was platted is that they were platted with really, really long blocks and wide boulevards and and it dates all the way back to the original platting, the Zion plat that was that was done. And uh, and I've been to Provo, but I can't really say that I, I remember that much about it. It was a very, very quick trip. Um, it, are you dealing with some of the same types of issues in terms of the 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 wide streets and the long blocks that are uh, there in Salt Lake City? We have similar issues, but they're not the same. So Salt Lake City's blocks are 10 acres each. That's a lot of land, right? And so a lot of times that that also required big streets. So that the founders of that city wanted for a horse cart to be able to turn around in it. Oh, not just not just a horse cart, an entire team <laughs> of them yeah. to be able to turn. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if you talk with um with activists or or planners in that area they'll tell you that it's a challenge because it encourages more driving higher speeds and it makes it harder to walk across but at the same time it's an opportunity because they have so much space that they can reinvent and they're heading in the right direction in salt lake city if you look at some of the low traffic streets that were originally very wide probably 80 feet of asphalt they've retrofitted those 
by putting tree and grass medians in the middle. So full row of trees and uh, it narrows up the street, makes people drive slower. Then it also lowers summer temperatures. It uh, cleans the air. And then also on their more traffic streets, the city's doing a ton of construction projects right now where they're going to put in protected bike lanes, cycle tracks, that, that kind of stuff, which is awesome. So, so that's Salt Lake. Provo is a little bit different. The Salt Lake City blocks, I believe they're 800 feet long, the, um, each block face. In Provo, they're 400. So it's a lot smaller. The streets are still wide, though. In our, in our older areas of town that are platted on the grid system, the average street is 40 to 45 feet wide. That's just the asphalt. So it's very wide. And the city hasn't been aggressive with slowing speeds on those streets. That's, um, that's a huge opportunity that the city has, but it hasn't taken yet. Yeah. So I think it does come back to that point that you made earlier is that uh, the earlier aspect of, of really focusing on level of service and really focusing on keeping car speeds, motor vehicle speeds up, um, which is counter to what we're trying to do in terms of making areas uh, more conducive to more walking and biking because we need to bring the speeds down if we're going to encourage more people, again, beyond the 3% that are, that are currently riding and uh, you know, get more people engaged. Because if, it's a, if it feels like you are on a crusade when you walk out the door or you uh, roll down your street, then it's, it's, that's not fun. Well, for the listeners uh, out there uh, from around the globe, you've been a volunteer for, for many, many years. If they're inspired, what would you say is, is important for them, how, how they should engage within their own community? I would first find people who are like-minded to help out. One of the big things that helps with Bike Walk Provo, well, it helps with any political thing and, and transportation planning has become political, right? It's not, it's, it's a very clear decisions by politicians, how we want to use our public space. And so with any political topic and in the U S you have to show up and you have to bring loud people in numbers. And so that, that's why I say gather a group of like-minded people, organize yourselves and make the message clear and loud to city hall what you as residents want there are neighborhood groups in provo that advocate for local concerns there are some other interest groups in provo advocating for other things but uh, we've been told that we're the strongest and the loudest and the most well-organized interest group in provo (laughs) by the mayor and um, she said that when you guys have an opinion on something, we definitely hear it. And it, it was almost like a, we're annoyed by it kind of thing. Cause that's, that's how strongly we get our message across. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And I, and I like that advice because it, it's, it's not only is it just gather a group of like-minded people, but in order to gather a group, you, you kind of have to get out the door and you kind of have to, you know, talk with your neighbors and, and start you know, getting that outreach to be able to, you know, to, to get the momentum going and get that gathering happening. 
and I think that's so important is to, you know, to be able to, to grow the tent and get more and more people, you know, sort of understanding why you're advocating for the things that you're advocating for. Yep. Good stuff. Well, Austin, thank you so very much for joining me on the Active Towns podcast. It was such a pleasure chatting with you and meeting you. Yeah, likewise, John. Thank you. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to episode number 63 of the Active Towns podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Austin Taylor, executive director of Bike Walk Provo. It was fascinating to hear about the current situation on the ground there in Provo, and it sounds like things might just be lining up politically, administratively, staff-wise, and with community enthusiasm for future enhancements to their streetscape. I'll be monitoring their progress and hope to do a site visit in the near future to profile some of their successes. Please be sure to check out the photos and reference links included in this episode's landing page on our website and also in the show notes. Three quick reminders before we part ways. First, please don't hesitate to drop me a line if you have any thoughts on future guests or topics. My email address is john, that's J-O-H-N, at activetowns, that's plural, dot O-R-G. It's always wonderful to hear from y'all. Second, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my monthly Culture of Activity newsletter. And third, if you're financially in a position to do so, please help me out by making a tax-deductible contribution. As a very small nonprofit, your donations really do make a big difference in my ability to deliver this content. As a reminder, I've made it easy to make contributions. Just head over to activetowns.org and click on that blue donate link in the top right corner of the page. Thank you so much. Okay, that's all for this week. So until next time, this is John signing off by wishing you much activity, health, and happiness. Cheers. Cheers.